Check, test, one, right. two, three. We're looking good over there. Does that sound okay? I think we got this. You ready? I am ready. All right, here we go. Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Roger, did you have a good time at the beach? Well, you know what? I've been to the beach twice this year already. I'm done traveling, by the way. <laughs> and both times, it was kind of cold and windy. So, you know, yeah, I had a good time. It was with the family. Went up there to see Lori's dad and, you know, had her sister and her husband with us. So we had a great time. Good. But it's not like I was laying around at the be- on the beach because I wasn't. Get, you didn't get sunburned. No, I didn't get, did. I got no sun. <laughs> I, I got to throw a hatchet, though, or they call it an axe. It's really kind yeah, of Yeah, I saw the video you know? on yeah. that. Is that, that the first time you've done that? Yeah. I've not done that. Yeah. 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 Pretty impressive, wasn't it? Did you see my bullseye? Uh, yeah. How many takes did it about 15 <laughs> <laughs> no no i'd probably about the same about third time but i didn't miss a lot too a lot of it just bounced off you know is that a new sign the muhammad ali yeah, thing uh-huh, yeah okay yeah. yeah for for you know we record this in what roger calls his main cave it's, it's a separate building out from his house they use it for the dressing room for the guys for weddings and got all kinds of just yeah Odd and in pictures and things hanging on the well, wall. See, we, we have a th- place called the Love the, Shack. I used to have a lot of stuff there, and Lori made me take all that stuff down because okay. just, people don't want that in their wedding pictures. So yeah. we put it in the man cave, which is a men's dressing room, basically. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, that's all. So I'm looking at about a about a two foot by three foot poster of Muhammad Ali in boxing shorts and punching. And it says, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. It's just it's pretty that was large. A, that so was that, his quote. Well, it's I a poster size. Yeah. I mean, it's just a poster, yeah. you know. Where'd you get that? Um, at Ollie's in Nicholasville. What's Ollie's? It's a, <laughs> you know, you're not from around these parts, <laughs> are you? Yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> you're from that big town in Lexington. I know yeah. about Walmart. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, Ollie's is kind of like a really discounted. It's like a notch below. It's a couple of notches below Walmart okay. as far as just, you know, it's, it's kind of like a big lot. So that's way. new? That's yeah. not even used. That's yeah, a new have, thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. It looks kind of vintage. It looks okay. more. I mean, All right. Yeah. And then I haven't mounted it yet, so I've just got it sitting up over there. But yeah. Okay. Well, very observant of you. Before I forget, um, I guess neither one of us, you know, we don't, this is, there's been repeated times where we don't really think ahead about certain holidays and when these recordings are going to be <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, uploaded and all that. Uh, two thoughts on that. One is, um, you know, we had no idea that the, the one that was um, that came out last week came out on Sibling Day. Did you have anyone comment to you? I had a couple of people comment to me that you know. I had no idea. Y'all, y'all I didn't never know said we anything. Went by Sibling Day. No, you didn't even know about? I, it? No, I didn't know about. Okay. That. Well, last, happy Sibling last, Day. Well, no, yeah, it was a little last bit too late. late. Uh, <laughs> last Sunday was Siblings Day, and everyone put post you know posted pictures on Facebook. That, no. I didn't post anything. You didn't post anything. I didn't. At least I knew about if it. I, I would have done it so. if I'd have seen. It. I didn't know but that. We, so we so we uh, we came out with a body. You know, had our podcast as usual last Sunday on Siblings Day, and we didn't say a word about it. <laughs> I read so. a, a post from some guy. He said it was National Grumpy Gray Haired Grumpy Old Man Day, and I expect to be recognized. <laughs> <laughs> well, I posted that one thing the one time about kind of catching all special days from here on out yeah, you know to yeah. kind of uh, catch everything or then the other one now this is a little bit easier to remember because we're recording this one pretty close to when it will be um published is that this one will come out on easter right so we're just uh, we're recording this on friday it's right, no big secret friday. we're recording this friday evening yep so we're just a couple days away from easter so this will be coming out on easter uh i don't you know the stuff i have to to bring out this is not necessarily Easter related, but you have anything to say about uh, well, Easter? Well, I have a few things about about the cross because I mean, you know, I've been thinking about that more than anything about because it it's Good Friday. But no, I don't have specifically a whole bunch of Easter stuff. Okay. So, 
So there you go. The uh, couple things, a couple main thoughts I have, and then a few odd end things. Uh, for one thing, I saw a, a Facebook friend that listens to our podcast share this thing, on, and it was a little bit of a uh, a video on Facebook. It, it was a little bit disgusting looking, but not in a horrible way. But um, <laughs> a little disgusting looking, but not in a horrible way. All it, right. was a, it was a video of a woman eating broccoli while sniffing an Oreo cookie. Sniffing, and, and, oh, smelling it. Okay, yeah, so and, and and so I mean, she was it was she was doing it to be funny, but yeah. it was like, and she had this weird look on her face. It's kind of like she doesn't. I don't know if she actually doesn't like broccoli or she was just acting like with this. But it's like she doesn't like broccoli, but she knows. And I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going to say, is there so, any point whatsoever <laughs> to this story? So she's, she got a piece of broccoli in her right hand, and she's kind of taking little bites off of it. At the same time, she has an Oreo cookie in her left hand. That is right up by her nose, and she is sniffing the Oreo cookie repeatedly. Like at the same time, she's biting in the broccoli. She's sniffing so the she's Oreo, to... so she's hoping the scent, you know, the scent of the Oreo, which she likes, obviously, will overcome the scent yeah. of the broccoli that to, she doesn't like. Trying to make the broccoli a little more palatable, right? Okay. Now I thought. Well, now I thought, what is the point of well, that? Well, I thought okay. that's kind of an example of trying to mix law and grace. A lot of times in our, our presentation of of life in Christ and in the mixed gospel. You know, believers right. kind of feel like okay. you know, like the broccoli's the law and the Oreos the grace, and we but we have to take some law. So we, um, it's a little bit of a stretch, right. I admit. And hey, I, to clarify I, I would, for people who may turn to it for the first time, we're just big proponents that Jesus paid the full price on the cross is by grace uh, through Him, faith in Him. It's not a mixture of the stuff we do for God plus what He did for us. Right. What He did for us was complete, and we have faith in that. And so Jeff is saying, if you mix the two, you get a weird concoction of Oreo and broccoli. Am I saying that? Am I presenting your analogy? Yeah, that correctly? you know that it's it's the gospel <laughs> is all Oreo. You know, it's all good news. You know, <laughs> there, right. there, there's not there's not a, it's not a combination of bad news, good news. And yeah. so that is a yeah. lead into all read right. a book recently um, by a fellow I had not heard of until recently named Steve Crosby. Great book. Now, I've, I've since listened to some of his podcasts. Not necessarily a fan of some of the things that, that I've, I've heard shared on the podcast. So, this is not a, uh, not a endorsement, endorsement of everything. Okay. Right. right. But, uh, I mean, I'm sure he wouldn't blankly, blank, uh, have, give a blanket endorsement to everything that we share. So, but anyway, sound like I was trying to use swear words there or something with all the <laughs> blanks. Blankety blank <laughs> endorsement. Is that what you're saying? Okay. I, didn't, I didn't mean for it to come out that way. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, he, he was. He's written a book, and I get it on Kindle. It's only the second time I've read a book on Kindle. Do you read books on Kindle? You don't read a whole lot of books. I have. I'd rather read the books. You know, it is painful for me to read anything if I can't mark it up. It's just the way yeah. it is. I don't like to well, borrow a book from somebody. I have to highlight and mark it up. Well, you can mark up on Kindle. I've learned how to do that. Yeah, you can, but it's not as it's not the same thing. I know you can. can. It's can not the same. Move that white cord over. I can't see the number on the time. How okay, far there you go. Talking. Okay, thank right. you. Um, yeah, I didn't want to go, you know, 50 minutes into this thing and realize, whoops, we're a little long. Well, I wouldn't have let you do that. So okay, the, um, anyway, he's written a book called, I think I got the title this right. Um, and, and he's really good on this divide of old covenant and new covenant mm-hmm. and really good on that. He has a separate book on that, that I might like to read, but, uh, this one is specifically praise, worship, and the presence of God in light of the new covenant, essentially. There's right. a subtitle, something about the new covenant. And the interesting thing is. He is. He spent thirty five years in charismatic type churches as either pastor, and he's he plays a few different instruments. He's been the worship leader, praise leader, and charismatic circles and all that. So he knows that really well. Okay, and he knows the background to it really well. Okay, but now he is absolutely convinced that 
so much of what is done these days, not just in charismatic churches, because it's it's pretty much oh, yeah. in, in almost all praise and worship is kind yeah. of the same and right. You know that it is real so much, but not all of it. And there is you know, so he's he's not against singing and that type of thing, but just the way it's done and the motives behind it and the intentions and some of the wording of the words of the songs, but are, are so directly related to the old covenant. Yeah, and it's just like yeah. so I I. I Printed off a bunch of stuff from the book. Um, so again, his name is Steve uh, Stephen Crosby, C R O S B Y. A um, couple quotes here, Roger. He says, "Every single genuine believer in the new era or new covenant has more inside them than Moses and David could have ever dreamed of possible." Yet, if you ask many Christians if they would like Moses's or David's experience in God, they romantically swoon in longing affirmation of the idea. Yeah. It indicates how poorly taught an average believer truly is it's spiritually regressive to desire moses oh, yeah. or david's experience in god so that's a great word that. spiritually regressive yeah. that is absolutely true you had a pastor tell me one time said, we just need the spirit of david I was like, the yeah. spirit of david so wouldn't rather have like you know, i mean i don't know the spirit of god the holy spirit not we well yeah babe, but he's like we need the spirit I'm like i don't know that i want the spirit of david i mean what the hell and he that? and of course we have the chapter in our book that points out and and he points it out in his statement of jesus that talks about that um from all the way up until John the Baptist, uh, there, there's been none greater born of women greater than John the Baptist. But right. then he says, even the least in the kingdom of heaven is right. greater than John the Baptist. Right. So right. the idea that the idea that in the new covenant we can know God, we have the Spirit of Christ within us. We are joined spiritually with Christ. That was something that none of them, had, you right. know, Moses, David, none of them were joined day in and day out. With the Spirit of God, right in that sense, and so that's why we, even the least in the kingdom of heaven, the new covenant is way ahead of them. In oh that yeah. Regard. So oh, what, yeah. Where we, I got more, yeah. but what are we? Where well, we well, to okay. One of the scriptures that's always, you know, bugged me was that we a lot of um, praise and worship pulls the scripture out of the old. And I forget now where it's at. Where it says God inhabits the praises of His people and stuff like that. Would you know, be Psalm twenty two three. You can come to me for your Bible <laughs> okay, information. I walked into that. <laughs> so, but the idea that if you have the right kind of yeah. praise and worship, if it's fervent enough, if your music is good enough, you're, you know, it's it's quality and it brings him emotion, then you're somehow then entering the presence of God. But if you're yeah. not singing hard enough, loud enough, the music's not good enough. Or somebody's heaven forbid off key a little bit, you're not getting into the presence of God. I mean, what a, and, and what he, a trap that is. And he points out, and he, he mentions that verse, and points out that you know God inhabits us now. Right. And I mean, it's so obvious. Right. I mean, but I think people, we mentioned that in the book, didn't we? Did we mention that? Uh, don't remember. Uh, we don't either remember did. Maybe we, maybe it got edited out at some point. But I know we did it one time. But, but anyway. the idea that you know, yeah, then, then you could say yeah, God inhabits the praises of His people. But now God inhabits His people, right? You know, and and right. we are the the temple of the right. Holy Spirit. Right. He had one thing on the um, uh, the, you know, we've talked before, you know, about the divide of the old covenant, and the new covenant, all this, but. He, he writes it this way. It's even stronger. He said, the change from the old to the new covenant is the most significant change in the history of the cosmos. <laughs> that's okay. pretty broad. Yeah, that's pretty, but I think he's yeah. right. It's not a slight modification or adjustment of a few points of religious methodology. It's a, it is an alteration of the fabric or in the fabric of the universe. It's not the gentle dawning of a new day. It is an eruption, a new birth of the creation, yeah. the Calvary Act birth. Death, burial, resurrection, ascension, glorification, Jesus, spirit outpoured, spirit indwelling is the great altercation or alteration of the cosmos. Everything changed after Calvary and Pentecost. Yeah. You know, we think of the, the creation in Genesis, some a huge event, and it is. This is equally great, equally huge. Yeah. I mean, what was going on at that time? That I'll, give you my, I'll give you my new analogy. Okay. A little simpler than that one. 
little shorter. All right. But the cross kicks the door open to your relationship with God. Just kicks the door open. Yeah, like the veil being torn from yeah. top to bottom. So just, another. Just, I mean, just it's not subtle though. It's a abrupt. It's a very abrupt kind of sudden change that mm-hmm. happened when Jesus died and resurrected. He refers to that, that passage in Hebrews ten nine and ten about he takes away. You know, talks about the the new covenant with that he takes away the old, and he goes into the. I mean, he's pretty uh, theological guy and goes into the Greek and all this stuff. But he points out that the the you know, elsewhere that word set aside or take away, depending on what translation. Uh, I said elsewhere in the New Testament, it's used to describe killing, slaying, and murder. I said that's a bit more intense than just taking something away. When someone is murdered, he or she is taken away, but rather violently and rather permanently. This is what the resurrection of Jesus from the dead has done to the terms of the old covenant. There is nothing sentimental about this. This is the language of ultimate finality. And in what anyway, verse is he talking about? What's the Hebrews chapter ten, verses nine and ten? Huh. Where it talks about That's that he, he, he sets good aside. A um, couple of others, real quick, on this before we get away from it. Uh, oh, I love this. He said, For the new covenant believer, the overarching lesson gathered from the Old Testament record is. So, what, what, what would she say? So, for the new, what's the overarching record of the. Well, the law the doesn't lesson, work. The overarching lesson gathered from the old is yeah, the law doesn't work. Rules it don't did work. not work. It didn't work. It did not work. The yeah. spirit, you know, or, no, he says, in spite of all the principles, precepts, order, structure, and but teaching, it wasn't the campaign, law's fault, though. Right. It says, in spite of all that, those instructed by them and who lived by them were unable to recognize either John the Baptist or our Lord. The main message of the old covenant is a message of negation. Don't try it. <laughs> it, it <laughs> that it, is good. It didn't work for them, and it won't work for you. Don't be entangled. In the bondage, yeah, and so I mean that's there's just a lot of uh, let me see if there's anything else here. Oh, he talked about he, he goes into history, and of course he's and he's very familiar with it, coming from the charismatic circle. And he's done a lot of studying. I'm not, I was not familiar. You familiar with the idea of the tabernacle of David? Oh yeah, that, that talk about, about restoring the tabernacle of yeah, David and yeah, praise and worship that. and all that. Yeah. And he goes in all that and yeah. just talks about how yeah. that is just strictly old covenant. There's yeah. absolutely no need for that. Right. And he, he points out, you know, it's kind right. of obvious again, but I haven't really thought about it. But it's only been in the last maybe hundred years or so where the two concepts of praise and worship on one side, or one in one hand, and the idea of the presence of the Lord. Those two being together, I thought it was more recent than that. I didn't think it went back. 100 well, hundred years. years. Yeah, I mean, this did is twenty twenty two now. So I mean, the early nineteen hundreds. I didn't know it was even years. in the. It may be. I mean, it was at least the forties. It wasn't the twenties, but eighty years. What eighty or hundred, okay. whatever. I would have thought, but it's sixties. But anyway, but no, it, it goes back to the forties. The whole okay. emphasis on restoring the tabernacle of David, and there's but there's a verse in Acts that pretty much points out that that's not what you know that has nothing to do with singing no, and praising no, worship. No. That that's you know, that that has already been done in the new covenant. And right. so, but the idea of, I mean, there is so much emphasis today tying together praise and worship with the presence of the Lord. And he points out, you know, we, we don't bring the presence of the Lord through our singing, through our praise right. and worship. Right. It's, it works the other way around because we do have the presence of the Lord because Christ is, is then we do want to sing, but it's, we, we yeah, get it's those just reversed, not synonymous. So. I mean, you, yeah. you know, you can singing can be, Praise and worship. Praise and worship can take the form of singing, but it doesn't always. I mean, mm-hmm. Romans twelve talks about our spiritual worship is offering ourselves to God. Um, it's just, there's just a lot of scripture that where it talks about worshiping praise and never mentions singing or music. Yeah, and it's a, it really is. It's, it's amazing how little there is in the New Testament on singing. Right. You know, there's, there's a little bit Ephesians, Colossians, and of course yeah. Revelation. Got well, but in terms of the you know Acts, there's almost nothing. And I guess. Um, 
First Corinthians talks about when you meet together and you know, one has a psalm. And, that and there's a, there is a place, I think, where the disciples sang it towards the, the end. or there's, In the upper uh, room. Yeah, the upper was, room yeah, they sang. They sang a hymn there. So, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. We're, I, I enjoy singing and, and all that. But it, it really has the idea that the main part of a gathering of believers in, includes a 30 to 45-minute mini concert is kind of, I mean, again, it's not wrong. You know, it's nothing wrong well, with it, but the, the emphasis kind of, highlight some of the wrong things. How would you answer this? I had a friend of mine say to me, that the reason it's kind of mandatory that you attend a congregation, you know, every week is because I said to him, well, I said, you know, I mean, you can get teaching a lot of ways now. You can mm-hmm. get encouragement, prayer, and all that. I said, why, why, you know, why is it absolutely essential? And he said, well, you need corporate worship. The first of all, the term kind of historically for corporate worship, like, <laughs> well, that sounds yeah. like a lot of fun, you know, yeah. but, but the idea was you need, to sing together with other people in a big room. I thought, really? Where does it say yeah. that exactly? Yeah. Where, where is that? And then for what purpose? If yeah. that's to bring the presence yeah, what, of the Lord is, then we're well, right back before the cross. And yeah. So that's so, uh, I mean, you know, I'm just at a point where, and I guess I have been for a little bit, which I'm just not invested in any way of doing things. I'm willing to just look at everything. And yeah. I don't get bothered, you know, if you know somebody challenges the way we do, anybody does praise and worship or anything else. You know, it's like, is it really in the Bible? Are we really sure? I mean, we make all these theological leaps so easily. You know, we take the verse in Hebrews about, you know, not forsaking fellowshipping together. And we say, well, that means you got to be at the 1030 service every week. That's not what that says. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a big leap. It could be, you know, take that form. But, you know, we just, um, and so now everything, we, we see anything about praise and worship, then it's always, well, we leap from right, directly into singing. You know, it's got to be, yep. you know, our, our worship band, our praise team, and, and of course, he, and the, what the other verse in Psalm, beside the one you thought of, is uh, Psalm one hundred verse four: "Enter his gates with thanksgiving, right. and into oh, his courts yeah. with praise." Right, right. And um, right. You know, I read somewhere else, kind of goes along a little bit that, um, and I don't know, I forgot who wrote this. What it's not original with me, but said, you know, God put Adam in the garden so Adam could walk with Him through Christ. God put a garden in us and came to live in that garden so He could walk in us. I like the idea of putting Adam in a garden versus a garden in us. You know that. that yeah. Well, he's the vine, we are the branches, uh, that type of thing. Yeah. So, and yeah. then Steve Cross, we also mentioned the, uh, he kind of used our, you know, we use this in our book. A lot of other people have used it, the hamster wheel. He calls it gerbil yeah. wheel. He refers yeah. to the revival gerbil, gerbil wheel. He uses the term pulpiteer. I hadn't heard that for a while. Pulpiteer, yeah. if you're yeah. the, which is kind of someone who yeah. knows how to use the pulpit to right. manipulate emotions and all that. And he referred to, and again, this is, you know, he's 35 years in the charismatic movement circle. The revival industry, he said, the spiritual equivalent of a supermarket tabloid. Ooh, that's kind of... Ooh, that's tough, isn't it? That kind of stings <laughs> yeah. a little. All right, now say that again. The revival right. industry. The revival industry. Wow. The spiritual equivalent of a supermarket tabloid. But, you know, you get the guy in from out of town, and, you know, everything's going to be great for this week, and then, you know, get all excited over that. But anyway. Well, that's true, though. I mean, that's a pretty accurate way. Okay, change of change of uh, direction here. Came across a quote... Um, friend of mine shared in one of the the groups that i'm involved in facebook and this was different than than other stuff i had read she's quoting a lady that i not heard of but it says our and so tell me what you think of this but i think there's something to this that our deepest fear is not that and so talking about believers christians our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure says it is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? It said basically you're a child of. It says you're a child of God, child of God, 
Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure oh, I like about that. Playing you. small, boy, I like yeah. that term. It says we are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. As we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Quote from again, I don't know who this lady is, but Marianne Williamson. But I, you know, I think that that did hit on something I've hardly heard she's anyone a, talk about. Okay, you know, do you know who she is? Yeah, she's a she's a basically a new age teacher. Okay, all right, okay. okay. So uh, we'll take that into account. Yeah, then yeah we'll take that. that into account. Okay, but but I think there is some truth to to what she's saying there that that we when we realize who we are, Christ in us. Forget the new age aspect yeah. and all that, but just the New Testament teaching, Christ in us, the hope of glory. That we do underestimate ourselves, I yeah. think. And there's yeah. almost a fear, well, no, I can't, you know. And so I think there is some truth to that. So yeah. I'm glad. Well, I like, that. I like the so. terms plain small, though. I have to think about that. Yeah. Well, that is true. And I guess the fear that, you know, I mean, we really do have, I guess that's, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of fear of what the Bible really does say about us. Yeah. I mean, the fact that if I say to you, you're an heir of God, a joint heir with Christ, you inherit with him. Mm. I mean, that kind of. Takes you back. You were part of the you kingdom know? of light. You yeah. you have power over Satan. You yeah. have power over sin. You know you you um, you can say Abba, Father, God, Father, the God of the yeah. universe is your dad. I mean, it's kind of like having something with you, extremely powerful, extremely valuable. You know, makes you a little nervous. And I think that's part of what when Paul talked about in Philippians two, uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I, I don't think he's talking about being scared of God or being scared right. of punishment. I think right. just we're just overwhelmed by the all that right we contain within us the spirit of you know the one who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us that is kind of awe-inspiring yeah it's kind of like I, I used an analogy one time if I gave you say a, a diamond that's worth 10 million dollars yeah, yeah. and say just put this in your pocket and walk around town yeah. I mean you'd be pretty conscious yeah. that you're walking exactly. around with something of immense value mm-hmm. and um, it should be the same thing with us you know we carry within us um, the Lord um, the Holy Spirit lives within us, and we need to be conscious of just an incredible and immense capacity that God has entrusted to us. One other thing that kind of as we, we uh, head toward the end on this, you got anything else before I get to what I no, mentioned? No, go ahead. You're okay. good. The, um, I've had a couple people lately. You're familiar with one of them, um, that uh, a man that we both know and, and a world of respect for from where we went to Bible college, um, gone through a very – uh, horrible ordeal yep. lately. Yep. Lost a um, he and his wife. Uh, they're in their seventies, probably now. I'm guessing. Um, lost their adult son in a drowning accident. Yeah. Um, yep. And then there's another. So that, along with um, a week or so ago, another man that I I really don't know at all, only through Facebook, but writes a lot of good stuff on Facebook. He doesn't write for these same grace groups, but he just writes under his own name. And a lot of people in the grace groups read him and all that. Uh, writes some really good stuff. And I, I think he's, I'm guessing, 70-ish or maybe a little bit older, something like that. But recently, because of disease, had to have both uh, legs amputated wow. a little below the knees Wow! just within the last week or so. And wow. so he's written some on that. So you think about, so those two so those two together have kind of maybe, you know, been on my mind lately. So the, the man that we know and respect, losing a son yeah. at age 52. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody suffers to some degree, and we all have hardships. But in both those situations, they're dealing with things that most people don't deal with. Yeah. That's way beyond that. And the one on, on Facebook uh, had a wonderful post and, and just talked about how, you know, in that situation, knowing his life has changed forever and, you know, no legs from just below the knees down. And he said, you know, and, and he's, you know, can be a the, the theological type and can be very deep if he wants to. 
that he the overwhelming thing that that spoke to him and, and he wrote an article or a post recently on this is just safe in the arms mm-hmm. that he sensed that and there for a while he was kind of struggling okay where's god in this and he said he pictured it as kind of like a a, a light and a crack in the door you know the door's open just a little bit yeah. and there's light and so there's a sense to where you know all the theology goes out the window yeah. all this stuff and there's is there a god is there a savior jesus mm-hmm. that i can know and i can trust that I am safe in his arms, comparing it to a small child. Yeah. 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 I, I would say this in addition to that. I agree with all that. That, you know, the cross is the one thing that just doesn't change. I mean, mm-hmm. anything else is subject to change. Your finances can change. Mm-hmm. Family can change. Your health can change, um, even though we trust God for all that stuff. Friendships, um, your romance life, you know, geography, where you live, your employment, a lot of things, everything really in life pretty much is changeable. A lot, a lot of what we think we're secure in is, yeah, is a not, bit of a... Um, it's a myth. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's a little bit of... It's a fantasy, you know, yeah. but the cross doesn't change. And I think that's where it's pretty... I think it's it's, it's good and it's um, essential that uh, in life that you have your focus on something that doesn't change. And I would say that would be the cross and what God has done for us and, through Jesus. And the cross being the ultimate demonstration of what God thinks of us yeah. and what that. Because, I mean, Scripture has a lot to say about suffering in the New Testament, you know, that we will suffer. Jesus described as the suffering servant. And when we do suffer, we don't get closer to God, but I think we have an opportunity to better recognize and sense um, our closeness to yeah, him. So and, sometimes sharpens your focus a little bit. And, you know, yeah. Romans 5 talks about the things that suffering produces, produces hope and all this. So it, And there are a lot of times suffering and glory are paired together in the New Testament, in, in the New Covenant. But the good news is we, you know, when it all boils down, we are safe in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we hope everybody has a great Easter today. And I, oh, this will also be our last podcast before the Network 220 uh, convention okay. in Atlanta. So I plan to be there with my youngest son, Dawson, at the book table. So if you're anyone listening there, come by the book table and introduce yourself and say hello. 